following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. I honestly look for a, a feeling. Uh, there's a certain feeling I think you can get from a conversation where you get this sense that this 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 entrepreneur is going to build this with or without my help. That's I, I wait for that moment to happen in a meeting, um, and it's very it's very humbling because it's you know it's 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 funny to feel like you know you may be you know not a, an important part of the equation for that them being successful, but. Folks that are fully invested, incredibly mission-driven, and are you know personally passionate about what they're working on, that's the feeling they inspire in you. Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. We have good news today for all you hungry entrepreneurs looking to get your startup off the ground because Peter Boyce is here. He's the venture capitalist at General Catalyst Partners. Uh, He heads up Rough Draft Ventures, an arm of the company that focuses on investing in college entrepreneurs. And he joins us uh, from New York via Skype. Hello, Peter. Huge thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it. Of course. Well, you know, in reading about you, and uh, learning about you, it sounds like you create communities and and you really excel in, in communities. I, and I'm curious, what type of community were you raised in? Yeah, you know, I grew up here in New York and was super grateful to, you know, really spent a lot of time amongst, you know, friends that were launching companies here and, you know, being a part of the, the startup ecosystem here. And so it's grateful to kind of grow up in that environment and you know, and in high school, uh, you know, got to work with a bunch of friends that were working on, you know, kind of technology companies and little kind of startups. And so, you know, I think I, I've been really lucky to, to try to, you know, bring a lot of that to the work that I've done uh, through college and now with Rough Draft. And you grew up in the Bronx, right? You know, I did indeed. I grew up in the Bronx, went to high school in Tribeca uh, at Stuyvesant. Stuyvesant. Um, that's like a historic, that's a, that's, that, that's a known institution in New York. You know, it's fun. It's, uh, you know, the, it's definitely a good place for folks that were, you know, super pumped about math and computer science and, and physics. And, uh, and it's uh, definitely produced a lot of really awesome friends uh, in the technology industry, too. So Naval from AngelList and Sarah that's right. from Benchmark. And, so a, and of course, the great, the great Billy Eichner. That's right. That is that is exactly right. Uh, as well as Lucy Luke. So very very proud uh, of the amazing folks uh, that went to my alma mater. And breaking away to say thank you to Amica Insurance, Veridesk, and Rocket Mortgage for their support of our show, the Under Thirty Podcast. More about those companies later in the show. I thought Lucy Liu was Canadian. You know, I think she went to Stuy. Okay. All right, listen. We can figure that out in the footnotes. We'll, 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 we'll come to – Laurel, maybe you can Wikipedia that for us. Um, now, wasn't your mother a horseback riding instructor? Is. She is she truly is a, a horseback riding instructor. Not yeah, in the bro- – that uh, wasn't done in New York. Definitely in New York. You know, really? There are, there are horseback riding stables up in the Bronx. That's amazing. Uh, right in Van Cortlandt Park. Yeah, so I was uh, – you know, I think – 
big part of uh, you know being uh, inspired and, and, and so grateful to my mom is seeing her work, working with amazing young people and helping them advance in, in their writing careers. Um, you know, something that you know I'm now drawing a lot, even more inspiration from in the work that I do with uh, with young entrepreneurs. Very cool. Well, listen, I'm gonna a quick update for us. Lucy Liu did indeed go to Sty. Bingo. One point, Peter Boyce. Zero points for Steve. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick my battles now for future. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Uh, but you – let's talk a little bit about I, I, your idols. Like I, I read that growing up, Larry and Sergey of Google were like people that you really looked up to. Is that true? You know, this is – I mean, I, without a doubt, you know, I think you have to look at – entrepreneurs of that level, you know, coming out of an amazing university like Stanford and what they've been able to, to do for the world with building Google. And I think that that's, you know, when I think about what kind of narratives I want to advance and create even more opportunities for is for more amazing folks coming out of universities and building game-changing companies like that. So without a doubt, you know, I, I don't think there's a, a day that goes by that uh, I don't think about the role that Google's playing in everything that we do. Who else did you look up to when you were younger? What did you want to do when you were younger? Yeah, you know, I, I grew up really thinking I was going to be a physicist, uh, you know, and, and full, you know, full, full transparency. You know, I thought I was going to be a, a Lisa Randall or a Brian Greene. You know, these are folks that went to Stuyvesant as right. well, and then they went to Harvard, uh, and they wrote amazing books, you know. Uh, introducing physics to the to the the broader community and, and advancing in really amazing research and um, you know so I looked at them as amazing examples of folks that I wanted to be like uh, and also Stephen Hawking you know I think the yeah. history of time is you know one of the, the one of the timeless classics and so so these were really the folks that uh, that were really kind of my my heroes growing up and when you went to Harvard you were studying applied mathematics and computer science right. That's right. You know, believe it or not, I, I found it to be easier than the physics I was getting destroyed in. <laughs> so right. uh, I think between that and also, you know, developing a real, real kind of passion and enthusiasm um, for behavioral economics and, and a lot of the amazing professors that were, that were, you know, growing their computer science programs, you know, it was something that I, I really fell in love with. Well, we're going to get to Rough Draft Ventures, but what was the first startup that you got off the ground uh, while at Harvard. Yeah, I mean, so, oh my gosh, I can't even, uh, there's so many, so many things I've worked on, uh, some so delightful, uh, some so much learnings. Um, you know, I was super lucky to work with a mentor of mine on a company called Go Girl Finance. And so this was a uh, blog in a community to introduce more folks to personal finance. Um, something I'm really passionate about and, you know, it's something that uh, impacts and influences, you know, all of our days. Um, and so was really excited about the opportunity to bring more kind of content, education and best practices around folks managing their personal finances. And, and that was called? Um... Go Girl Finance. Okay. Right. And you also co-founded Harvard Ventures and Hack Harvard? Yeah, let's talk about those. So those were, um, you know, one was... Uh, an on-campus accelerator program. So I okay. was super excited about the rise of Y Combinator, the entrepreneurship communities at you know universities like you know, Stanford and right. MIT, and and so that was a platform that I was able to grow with a group of friends to 
really kind of support and encourage our peers that wanted to work on companies to have a space and a place to do that. And so, you know, a bunch of startups ended up coming out of that and some folks dropped out of school and raised venture dollars and, you know, it was really exciting to kind of see that, that, that community come together and grow. Um, and then Harvard Ventures similarly, you know, was an awesome opportunity to bring alumni and local VCs and, and startup founders and, 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 you know, engineering leaders back to campus to kind of share stories about you know, building their careers in technology. What is it like on campus being around entrepreneurs and people who have big dreams of getting a startup off the ground and want to be accepted into the prestigious Y Combinator program where they can have the tools and introductions to, to be successful? Is it to finish school? Is it to drop out of school? Like, what what is it like? Yeah, I, you know, I think what's exciting is today there are many more pathways and resources to enable folks to take any of those kind of uh, trajectories they want to take. So, you know, I think uh, the rise of so many different, you know, their on-campus competitions, there's the growing CS programs that are create, you know, giving folks the skills and the, the classes where they can start working on startup ideas. And yeah. so, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about the, the dynamic. Um, you know, some folks decide to take time away from school and build their companies, um, which I think, you know, if, if the timing is right, the team is right, the opportunity is right, um, you know, folks pursue that. But what's also great is a lot of universities have created it, you know, even more, you know, making it even easier for folks to return to school, too. Right. Um, and so, you know, I get super excited with the work that we do with Rough Draft, supporting entrepreneurs with any of these pathways they choose. Um, and just knowing that, you know, even five years ago, there was a there was a much more limited set of resources and opportunity for students building companies on campuses. And so, you know, I think we're really, really grateful for what we're seeing uh, across campuses. So tell me a little bit about how Rough Draft started and what the parameters are, how it works, and how much how much money is offered, how much time and, and, and mentorship is given. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, got Rough Draft off the ground my senior year. You know, I, I was on campus and, you know, helping friends start their companies um, and also seeing that there was just so much really great kind of startup creation happening uh, at other schools in the Boston area. And, you know, one of the things that felt like there was an opportunity to provide was a greater set of, you know, financial support, mentoring, and also really creating this kind of, you know, going back to community, a group of peer founders who are also thinking about building companies and how do you manage, you know, growing and scaling your startup while you're you know, running around to do your finals so that you can kind of, you know, get the degree that you and your, your right. family wants to see you get. And so, so with Rough Draft, you know, the, the whole kind of thesis was, well, let's support and enable even more entrepreneurship at the university level. And let's do that for, by providing early investments. So $25,000 checks, right. you know, enough for folks to work for three months or six months to pay for servers and stipends and yeah. snacks and ramen and space. Um, to then see, you know, what they can create, you know, like, you know, can they take an interesting class project and, and grow it and scale it to a, a company? Um, and also making it so it was, it was, uh, you know, something that was open and accessible to many more folks, right? So you didn't need to come from, you know, a wealthy family that could write you a check. Um, and you shouldn't feel the pressure to drop out of school and raise $2 million if you're not ready to do that. Right. And so. So that's, you know, we got rough draft off the ground, uh, you know, in, in you know, my, my senior year. And, you know, what we've done to date is, you know, we've now backed, you know, uh, over 140 companies. Um, 
And we have this amazing group of young CEOs and founders that are building companies, um, you know, uh, all up and down the, you know, uh, just all different universities and, and, and campuses. Um, and so we've been really proud by what we've been able to kind of see emerge by just, you know, giving folks early support right. um, and giving them the mentorship and, and, the, and the community to enable them to build companies. And we'll be right back after this quick break, this Forbes Under 30 podcast, and the following message comes from Amica Insurance. We're living in the age of the discerning shopper when savvy consumers increasingly favor brands that value authenticity, ethics, and a great shopping experience. Amica is committed to being a company people trust. Visit meetamica.com slash Forbes and find out why 95% of Amica customers with combined auto and home policies stay with them. One more time. That's meetamica.com slash Forbes to find out more about Amica Insurance. It's the new year and lots of us are at least thinking about ways in which we can be happier and healthier. Maybe we'll take in some yoga, cook up some better dinners, or try a standing desk like Veradesk. Veradesk turns your desk into a standing desk so you're more active than sitting all day. Standing more and sitting less can lead to more energy, less back pain, and more productivity. Check out Veradesk risk-free for 30 days with free shipping both ways. See it for yourself at veradesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com. Peter, unlike Shark Tank, there's three words that, uh, that follow Rough Draft Ventures. And, and I hope you can explain them, uncapped convertible notes. Yeah. So, you know, to walk through a little bit of the way that we fund companies. Um, so we do, you know, so, for, so often the founders we're working with is their first time, you know, fundraising their first yeah. time building a company. So a big part of what we do is we, we look to kind of educate and kind of walk folks through the, 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 the process of fundraising. And we have a kind of a whole suite of resources around, you know, recruiting, PR, things like that right. as well folks. Um, and so, you know, one of the ways that we fund companies is we use convertible notes. And so these are uh, effectively, you know, lightweight, easy, you know, standard documents that folks can use to, to raise capital. And it's not, you know, a tremendous amount of, you know, legalese and things like that. Um, and then another document that we use is the safe document, which is uh, something that YC and other mm -hmm. uh, programs use as well. And so, you know, our whole goal is to make it you know, as easy and to remove as many barriers as possible for young people to build companies. And so, you know, we chose our financing documents to, to align with that. So you don't stipulate ownership or take a percentage of the, of the company? We don't upfront. So one of the things that we do is we want companies to go out to market, to grow their company, and to not, you know, really have the valuation ownership percent kind of conversation today mm -hmm. um, and to enable folks to really kind of grow into, you know, whatever the business and company that they're, that they're building. So, so we're excited to be, you know, uh, as entrepreneur friendly as, as possible. And, you know, I, I started Rough Draft when I was a student thinking about, you know, ways to support my friends and, and, and my community. And so that's a, it's a big part of our our, our ethos uh, with Rough Draft. But did the terms get worked out later? Like if, you, if, if a company's super successful and you were the one that invested in them and, and, and got them off their feet, do you yeah. get, you can come in later and, and take a stake? Yeah, so the way it works is, yeah, so uh, at some future point, there's usually kind of a moment where uh, a company raises additional capital and then these documents uh, convert. They convert at some level, some, some ownership, um, and again, that's, you know, we're excited to see more of our companies go ahead and do that. Yeah. So we're excited 
to see our companies raise seed and series A and beyond rounds. Um, you know, because I think for us, one of the things that gets us so kind of fired up to do what we do is, you know, we often hear from our founders that they might not have built their company otherwise. Right. You know, if they didn't have like a little bit of capital and someone to take a risk on them early. So so we're super excited to kind of share in the share in the narrative and uh, and to kind of su- continue supporting our companies, you know, with additional capital, with additional resources and the whole kind of platform we build around our founders as a part of Rough Draft. And who's backing Rough Draft? Where does Rough Draft get your capital from? Yeah, from General Catalyst. And so, you know, big part of me joining the team here at General Catalyst has been to really kind of grow and expand the work that we do with Rough Draft. So how do we, you know, not just support, you know, amazing entrepreneurs in Boston? How do we do this in New York and other geographies? Um, and how do we continue to provide more than capital? Because, you know, increasingly we're seeing that, you know, the the, the community building, the the resource partnerships that we have, the collection of mentors that we have are all things that we're adding you know, to support our founders that are coming out of universities above and beyond just right. the capital. Because the capital, you know, ultimately becomes, you know, just a piece of the equation. And are you partial to any startup scene in particular when you look at New York, L.A., Silicon Valley? Yeah, it's a good, you know, it's a good question. You know, I love my, I love my own town. I was going to uh, say. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll open with that, uh, I'll open with that note, but I got to tell you, we've, we've been super thrilled by what we've been seeing uh, in L.A., Austin, and Chicago. You know, I think the you've got you know, phenomenal universities. Yep. You have a lot of the, the emergence of a lot of new programs that are supporting entrepreneurship. So I look at like USC's program with um, Jimmy Ivine and, you know, Dr. Dre as being right. you know, a perfect, you know, new, fresh program to enable entrepreneurship. Um and then, you know, a big part of what we're doing now, too, is we're trying to go deeper, you know, in the places where we started. So how do we do even more in, you know, uh, universities in the Boston area and in New York? And so, you know, a big part of uh, the way that we've been able to kind of grow Rough Draft mm-hmm. is by working with students and by collaborating with them at the campus level and also finding ways to collaborate with the entrepreneurship programs that exist on those campuses right. and the professors that are helping mentor you know, we can we can really kind of you know collaborate with you know a, a lot of universities. So you know, I'm really really you know lucky uh, and privileged that we can support the best entrepreneurs wherever they are in the U.S. And give me a sense of how how much you have grown. Where are you yeah. now? Yeah, totally. So you know, we made our first investments. You know, right around kind of January 2013. Um, so to date, you know, we've backed over you know 140 companies. Um, you know, we spend we send many companies into you know great accelerated programs every year, like YC and, yeah. and TechStars and, and all of those. Um, we've had you know one of our companies, you know, Mark 43, which we're incredibly proud of. You know, they create information management software for the police department. And so basically helping them, you know, lever up in their productivity and, you know, not have to use pen and paper, but, you know, yeah. elegant cloud-based software. You know, that company is now, you know, 140 employees. They've raised, you know, well over $40 million. And so so we're excited that more of our rough draft companies are advancing to the next level and, and uh, raising additional capital and growing their teams and recruiting from the same university that they came out of. And so, so we've come a long way, and I think we've got uh, – uh, a, a good amount of work uh, left to do in 2018 and beyond. You know, we're, we're incredibly excited to continue to, uh, number one, expand to more universities. So how do we work with, you know, even more uh, schools, you know, whether they're in the Midwest, the North, 
Northwest, uh, you know, wherever they are geographically. Um, part of our model is really enabling us to, to do that if we can find right. the right student leaders on those, in those campuses in those areas. Um, and then another piece of what we're doing is we're thinking about, you know, new ways to kind of grow our, grow our community uh, through the events that we host as well. Because this, this is a big part of what we do is, you know, we bring back, you know, really awesome founders and CEOs right. and, and mentors to kind of inspire the next generation. And so, you know, we've been experimenting with more of that um, to kind of activate, you know, founders on new campuses. So that's a big area where we're spending time. Too. Well, Peter, tell me a little bit about some of the, some of the most successful companies that have emerged from your program. I know of BP because my really good friend Ryan Spinner is a huge uh, supporter of it. Uh, can, can, BP, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, one of the things that we've done, so we've, we've backed a number of, you know, not just undergrads, but also we back PhD students, master's students, MBA students. And so, you know, we've, we've been lucky to support teams coming out of uh, MIT Sloan and HBS um, entrepreneurs like Ale from, from BP. You know, I think another, another team that we backed that we're really excited about is a company called Getaway. They make tiny homes outside of major cities. Right. And so, I, Steve, I don't know if you've ever tried a tiny home, um, but you should definitely check it out. Um, a tiny home? Like, what do you mean a tiny home? Yeah, you know, just a couple hundred square feet, you know, freestanding home. You know, they they cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to build. You can put them, you know, 90 minutes outside of a major city in an awesome, you know, kind of wooded forest. And all of a sudden that can be the kind of getaway, you know, for anyone that's, you know, in the city, you know, working, you know, day in and day out. Uh, this is a great way for them to kind of experience nature and the outdoors and to spend a fun weekend in a different context. They've gone on to raise additional capital. They're growing their team. You know, another, you know, speaking of Shark Tank, you know, one of our, the, one of our early teams we backed uh, ended up on Shark Tank and they've been scaling super nicely. Um, a company called Love Pop. Love, love pop. Beautiful, yeah, love pop cards. Yep. Uh, they make these beautiful three dimensional uh, greeting cards. Um, and it's just, you know, it's the kind of gift that once you receive one, you're like, oh my God, like, I need to put this on my mantle. Yeah. Like, yeah, I need to put this next to my desk. Um, you know, amazing operations and logistics leaders uh, that right. we got to know. Um, and they've been growing really nicely. Um, you know, another another team that we uh, we backed is a team called Freebird, and they are creating a travel disruption kind of service provider. So if you are hyper-delayed on the runway or for some reason there's a mechanical error and your plane gets kind of canceled, they will kind of automatically rebook you on another flight. Um, so it's almost like a kind of a travel insurance okay. product. Uh, this is a really fun one. And so, yeah, we've been, we've been super, super lucky to back a whole variety of companies. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes Under 30 podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, why? Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to the rate and term in real time? And why can't there be client-focused technological mortgage revolution? 
Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to RocketMortgage.com/Forbes. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers podcast with Jay Moore, Sessions with Randy Jackson, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sound of Success, the Dick Enberg podcast, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. You know, it's it, somebody told me this a few. I remember somebody saying this line when I lived in San Francisco. They said the startups are like the new law school for for some people. In that, it, it, it's some people buy time and they say they're going to work on their startup. How do you, as someone who's really in this space, discern who who's serious, who has something, and uh, and who might just be, you know, wasting wasting your time, wasting their time? How do you? How can yeah. you tell? Because you must see people. You must see the same story again and again and again. Yeah, I love this question because I think it is so so critical. It is the the privileged situation that we're in today, which is as there have been more and more resources and support and excitement around startups, there is indeed this dynamic, right? I mean, it's one of the the challenges and the costs of removing the barriers is. Making it easier makes it so a lot of folks can kind of, you know, stumble their way in or, or find right. their way into a company and, and not have, you know, maybe the best intentions or the, you know, their heart may not be in it. So I, I love this question because it's, it's becoming more challenging, you know, every, every year effectively. Um, I honestly look for a, a feeling. Uh, there's a certain feeling I think you can get from a conversation where you get this sense that this, this, this entrepreneur is going to build this with or without my help. That's I, I wait for that moment to happen in a meeting, um, and it's very it's very humbling because it's you know it's 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 funny to feel like you know you may be you know not a, an important part of the equation for that them being successful, but folks that are fully invested, incredibly mission driven, and are you know personally passionate about what they're working on, that's the feeling they inspire in you. Well, Peter, being in your position, you must see the same mistakes, the same problems, the same hurdles again and again and again. What what are they? What comes up? Yeah. What are the challenges you see yeah. most frequently? Totally. Uh, you know, I think a handful handful of things rear themselves. Um, I think you know, first and foremost, I think uh, folks will overhire. 
as a solution. Right. You know, I think this is, you know, it's just the most natural way sometimes to deal with, you know, oh, it's, this is complex, you know, my bandwidth is totally tapped, you know, let's hire people to solve this. You know, that, that ends up sometimes being a challenge, you know. So it's I more taxing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You've got to manage those people. You've got to create the right processes and culture and structure, you know, and I think it's, it's something that should be done thoughtfully and in a way that's mindful um, and, and, and being thoughtful stewards of capital. I think it's something that is essential for really great founders. That's, um, a, that's, so that's a really good takeaway. Example, yeah. You know, that's just, you know, the fastest, you know, I think way to, you know, I've seen, I think number two is the, is the, you know, really the, the company kind of culture and, and, and internal clashing, you know, I think not being uh, transparent and aligned around goals and kind of critical decisions, especially among early founding teams, you know, r- results sometimes in challenges that companies can't recover from. So, you know, founder disputes that don't get properly resolved until, you know, the team disintegrates. Um, so you got to have, you know, I think this is the, 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 the takeaway here is I think it's critical to have really open communication uh, and a culture of transparency in founding teams between, you know, between founders, between founders and their early team members, right. between founders and their investors. I think if, if communication lines are free and clear and flowing, like, you know, thumbs up. If they are clouded and obscured and, and not hyperdynamic, then you know, then it's just uh, a recipe for disaster over time. So those are those are two that kind of come to mind. I think less about competition and some of those things that end up being challenges, and, and more of the the, the, the the people management and really kind of company culture. Are therapy hours budgeted in for for feuds? <laughs> This is where the peer community comes in. <laughs> I was going to say, it has, has to be. has to be. Better. Yeah, there's nothing better than just being able to sit down and recognize you're not the only person that has to, you know, kind of navigate all these challenges. I think it is absolutely essential. Yeah. Well, tell me, um, do you ever, first of all, can you define founder's syndrome and how do you deal with it? Oh, founder syndrome. Is that what we were talking about earlier? I like I like this definition because I mean my my understanding is that it's the founder who kind of has this amazing idea and then to execute you kind of have to get out of your own way. You have to trust other people. You have to like you said thoughtfully hire people, but you also have to share your baby. And and yeah. I imagine that can be really tricky for people especially, you know, in their early 20s. Yeah, you know, I, I think this is I think this is an important important uh, topic to go through because I actually, you know, I think of it maybe in terms of I look for I guess maybe the 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 early signs of solutions and folks kind of almost maybe correcting for that before experiencing it. So I'll I'll tell you one thing that that comes to mind for for maybe being a little bit of a you know almost a uh, a vaccine against founder syndrome uh, so to speak, which is. I think mentors. I think yeah. having one or two folks that you can trust, that you can either call or sit down with or email and get a hold of for navigating new territory that you've never experienced, and also for putting you in check and you know making you you know humble and realize that there's so much that you don't know. Yeah, I think this is critical, and I think this is one of those things. I think it's sometimes maybe hard to speak about, and it's not hyper transparent. You know, it's not like. You know, people on their LinkedIn profiles or, you know, on their on their Instagram or Twitter don't say, oh, and by the way, my mentor are these three people. But, you know, but behind you and, and other folks that, you know, you've had the chance to share time with, 
you know, there's virtually always one or two or three people, you know, you know, kind of you know, standing behind that person, so to speak, that's helping them navigate, you know, new territory and challenges. And, and so one of the things that I, I, I look for and really encourage with many of the founders that I work with is ensuring that there are folks like that in their, in their gravity and in their corner. Cause I think it's so important for, for, for combating exactly that dynamic you described. And does, does Ref uh, Ventures provide, um, Ref Draft Ventures provide mentors? Oh, absolutely. This is, you know, outside, you know, when we think about what we, what we focus on outside of capital, the community building and the, the set of kind of resources we have with, you know, folks like Stripe and WeWork and Amazon to help kind of lever mm-hmm. up the, the, the services available to our companies, mentors are a crucial part of the, you know, uh, the platform. And so, you know, when you think about amazing CEOs that, you know, started companies when they were on campuses like Neil and Dave from Warby, um, when you think about, you know, VPs of product and business development at leading startups that are in the trenches day to day as functional leaders and, you know, giving those, those folks the connectivity to young entrepreneurs that are starting out on their career is, you know, in our mind, a win-win-win. It's amazing for the founders because they get the advice and the the functional uh, kind of skill sharing. It's great for the the mentors, the CEOs, and the, the leaders that we work with because for them, it's a great way for them to mentor folks and, and, and find folks that are authentic and passionate about what they're doing. And then it's a win for us because we end up having companies that are more successful and more happy. And also... They can solve a lot of stuff that you know we can't, uh, you know, as a as a venture program. Do you, being in this environment for as long as you've been in it, do you ever get this burning desire or itch to just come up with your own project and say, you know what, I'm I'm gonna everything's right here. I've got the feedback, I've got the the runway, and I've got a great idea. Has that happened to you? Do you think it'll happen to you? Do you want it to happen to you? Yeah, so this, you know, we, maybe we term it, uh, maybe we call this venture syndrome, uh, which is something <laughs> yeah. that I've seen a, a fair amount of friends and, and folks kind of afflicted with, um, for better and for worse. Um, you know, there have been some truly epic companies built by by folks that uh, work in venture. Um, right. You know, Matt Salzberg from Blue Apron was at Bessemer, um, as an example. Um, and one of my own colleagues, Natesh, who I worked together with to start rough draft uh he now runs an amazing one of our portfolio companies here at general catalyst called b12 and so i've seen it firsthand um <laughs> you know my honest answer to this is because of how early i get to support entrepreneurs with rough draft i feel like i get to kind of almost vicariously found through that right so right. i'm totally passionate and excited about travel and the way folks react to the rise of technology and that's what John from Getaway is building. And so rather than me starting that company, you know, I have a very hard time with hammers and nails. Uh, you know, I could never build a home. <laughs> you know, John can do that, and I get to champion him and support him and, and cheerlead in the way that I can. They didn't um, have shop class at Stuyvesant? <laughs> certainly none that I excelled in, that is for sure. <laughs> we, have to, um, we have to check with Lucy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so no, I, I honestly, there are areas where I'm incredibly personally passionate about and I'm like uh, kind of always on the lookout for, um, but I most typically am, am lucky enough to find an amazing entrepreneur who has a super crisp thesis um, and is ready and excited to kind of execute on the idea and I can support them with 
with capital and, and my network and, and, and what I've learned from, from working in venture and, and kind of get to champion them that way. So I am, uh, I am having a good time so far. Awesome. Well, Peter, let me just ask you, road ahead, fill in the picture for us. Where would you like to be? What would you like to be doing um, 10, 15, 20 years from now? Yeah, you know, this is uh, something I, you know, especially with this time of year, um, you know, I'm always, always thinking about, um, you know, I think there is so much ahead for us with, with Rough Draft. You know, I think we are just getting started in so many ways with, you know, really, I think there's almost a, a repurposing of the, the role that universities are playing in, in the broader ecosystem for entrepreneurship. And I think we have a huge part to play in, in this and supporting this and collaborating with students and professors and universities and other venture firms and, and startups. And so, you know, I think in, in 10 to 15 years, I mean, we, we will have thousands of CEOs whose companies we have, you know, supported from early, early days. Right. Um, so I'm incredibly excited about that. And, and just thinking about, you know, what the next Google and Facebook and Dropbox uh, and Stripe can be with our help and support. So so I'm excited for more of that. And I also think you're going to see entrepreneurs able to start companies earlier and earlier on in their careers. Like that's that's something where it's just like, you know, it, it's not totally outlandish for me to think that, you know, the next billion dollar companies aren't going to be started by 22 year olds and 20 year olds and 16 years maybe all right well peter it's um it's exciting i encourage everybody to check out the program see what's coming new out of there see some of the companies you mentioned and thank you so much i'm going to come by the office make sure everybody's working say hello uh next time all right (laughs) okay thanks a lot peter love it thank you so much That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under30, that's the number 30, at podcastone.com. Podcast One remembers broadcasting legend Dick Enberg. A hearty welcome to Steve Kerr. What a thrill to have listened to you all these years. He's basketball Hall of Famer John Calipari. You still have a great voice of all time. Tennis Hall of Famer Billie Jean King. I just hope everyone listening understands what an icon you are. He's my all-American friend Bill Walton. Dick Edberg, I love you. Listen to his amazing stories and his final interviews on Sound of Success, the Dick Enberg Podcast, only on Podcast One or the Podcast One app. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he'd never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. 
Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.